Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. C, senor! It's a dimly lit room on this historic day. And uh, today we're in the platoon of our general manager. And I'm torn between tiresome, tiresome uh, conflict and Jeff Bezos, space billionaire! <laughs> Billionaires in space, 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 space. He's going to launch off in like five minutes now. Wow. So we'll uh, we'll bring that to you live. He's going to be in, go up, and he, the whole thing's only going to take like 12 minutes. Well, he's due to be in space in 12 minutes, but he'll actually be in space on Friday. That's a shot at Amazon. Zing! Oh, yeah. I paid, extra to, I paid extra to be in space today, but I won't be in space till Friday, and I get exactly. no, uh, no compensation for that. Bullseye. Huh? <laughs> Spaceship is the SS Prime. Huh? The space rocket that they're on has the most windows of any spaceship that has ever uh, launched into space. So they're going to have unbelievable views of everything. That's groovy. Cool idea. Hope you tested those windows a couple times. You know, make sure to, you know, the whole rigors of launch thing, you know. Meanwhile, here on Earth, we got to plenty of things to talk about, and we uh, will in moments. First, let me say this. It's Tuesday, July 20th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getting, we approve of this program. Let's begin now officially according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. And through June of this year, we are well over 900,000 apprehensions so far. We are potentially on track to hit 2 million. 2 million apprehensions at the border for the year, and they figure they nab about half of the people who try to come in. The border is the worst it's been in 20 years, possibly generations, possibly ever, because there's no way to actually count this. And it gets, unless you watch Fox, you don't even know it's a story. Nope. Nope. Siloed information, never-ending conflict, clickbait. Modern media tires my hiney out. Somebody is rearranging my stuff here in the last 24 hours. I don't know what's going on there. We've got one of our crew members on the Armstrong and Getty show who's being uh, quarantined for possible exposure to the COVID, which it's amazing. We made it through the whole thing, year and a half through this whole thing, and now we've got uh, poor young newcomer Alex who's uh, being quarantined for possibly being exposed to someone with the COVID around here. So, Yeah. Yeah, after so, all right. these months, and I think a lot of places are having this uh, the same feeling of I thought this was over, and now you're getting hit with it because the new version is so spreadable. If anybody, uh, well, it's like Doctor Gottlieb said over the weekend: you either get vaccinated or you get the COVID. I mean, that's just pretty much what it is. You're either going to get the Delta or you get vaccinated because it spreads so easily. But among vaccinated populations, the the rise in deaths is still quite modest. Because severe, uh, serious illness or severe illness is extremely rare among the vaccinated. Yeah. So. Yeah, you're not going to probably won't even know you have it. So that's the way that works. Um, we're counting down. Got two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes till they blast off into space. Two and a half minutes. Uh, T minus two and a half to the launch of the SS uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, Jeff Bezos commanding. Actually, there's no pilot, right? Did I hear that? 
It's it's all uh, automated. Yeah, do you need a pilot in the modern world? Would a pilot be doing anything? I don't know. Look out for those birds. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, richest man in the world is about to be shot into space. Yes. And so that one guy that uh, bid $28 million so they go go on the ride and then said last week, I've got, sorry, I've got a scheduling conflict. I can't go, which is nobody's buying that. His 18 year old son is going. Um, I, I, I don't know why he made up this whole I've got a scheduling conflict thing. If he just wanted to buy his son a ticket, he should have, or I don't know what. Yeah, I, whatever. That's fine. So are they actually going into, like, space space? Because uh, Richard Branson barely brushed Sub- into space. orbital space, they're saying on one of the cable news channels, making that okay. distinction. I don't know what that means. Is there, like, a sign up there or a line, spray-painted line in the atmosphere so you know you're there? So not high enough to orbit the Earth, I guess, is what suborbital means. And um, uh, so, yeah, I'd say barely into space. Well, there's one of those big green highway signs. There's an arrow right, space, arrow left, not space. So you take a right, you're in space. Somebody who's read the third paragraph of any of these stories could uh, text us and say, <laughs> <laughs> why Why do they stop at suborbital? Is there a reason they don't go any further? If you go any further, do you get sucked into all of a sudden you're orbiting the Earth and it becomes a different sort of spaceship you need to get out of there i don't know i have no idea oh, yeah i don't know more, more fuel different c- capabilities I'd, I'd have to read the third paragraph like you say and honestly i i don't care that much i kind, i think it's really cool that there is now such as uh, access i'm hearing audio in my ears michael i don't know if there's we're a leak, monitoring but... the near beginning of the launch oh Just 30 seconds yes 30 seconds t minus t minus 30 seconds to the launch we want to get the countdown that's fake review <laughs> hey, let's just bring up bring up some coverage, and let's just hear yeah. the actual launch there, Michael. This is what we can do. The uh, connection with uh, people around the world, That's understanding a, we share the same is that, sky. Is that the connection? We okay, here we go. Hey, I got to pee. Is it too late? I really got to pee. Somebody's talking over the counter. Two, one. And as I'm watching, it looks like when you see rockets explode into space, a uh, fire coming out the uh, bottom end of it. Yes, and the penis-shaped cylinder is uh, headed toward the sky. Haven't we all had fire come out the bottom end occasionally? That's a pretty good, pretty good audio right there. Indeed. So the whole thing is only going to last like twelve minutes, and we're like a minute in, so he's only got like eleven minutes to go, and then they'll uh, the little capsule will uh, shoot back down to Earth, uh, fall back down to Earth, and they've got a whole bunch of parachutes that it will land softly in the desert here in the United States. And uh, all of the parachutes could fail. It only takes one parachute for them to get to the ground safely, so it's supposed to be super-duper safe. I I know there are mundane reasons for this, and they're probably generally known, again, to people who read (laughs) further down into the article, but (laughs) if I'm going to be blasted uh, into space, enduring many Gs, etc., I would think you want to cruise around for half an hour or so. Yeah, there's got to be a reason why why they're not doing that. Why it's suborbital, why they're not cruising around for a while, like you said. Maybe they'd have to cycle the globe. It know. can't be a money thing. You wouldn't think. Although, you know, he's a th- he's uh, incredibly rich, but he's, he's careful with his money. So maybe he thought, that's ah, just not worth it. All right. Maybe you know if you if you go any further, you got to circle the globe once. That takes quite a while, and then you have to install bathrooms, and or have the old uh, you know the the special pants the astronauts wear. 
Or uh, if you become an orbiting ship, then you have to have ADA-compliant uh, railings and that sort of stuff. <laughs> okay, Blue Origin is the name of the ship, and it is headed into space, and they still have cameras on it, and you can see it up in the sky. Will you be able to see it the whole trip, or will at some point disappear from the naked eye? I don't know that either. <laughs> Yes, it will, Jack. It will disappear from the naked eye for three and a half minutes before it re-enters <laughs> the upper, lower outer reaches of the atmosphere. That will be followed shortly the, the, by I believe the main engine has been cut off, and then that will be followed shortly by... I'm just copying this woman. ...and taking the freedoms of zero-G. There is Miko, main engine cut off. A beautiful shot. Oh, wow. Followed by Down separation, reminiscent of Bezos' marriage. So they just did give us a camera shot that they've got looking back down toward Earth from the spaceship, Unreal. and that is something. That would be pretty cool. Gorgeous. Yeah, amazing. Awaiting separation here. From him and his wife. Exactly. Followed by the settlement. We have settlement. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now, spousal support. start to see... Stand by. You're going to see the separation of the capsule from the booster itself. Okay. I got to admit, really? I just keep thinking. I was watching just like this when the Spaceship Challenger blew up all of a sudden. Back oh, in the Lord. 80s. So it can happen. What am I going to see to what do you call it? You told me I was going to, you liar. Woo! Woo! Hell yeah! What are they yelling about? Oh, wow. So, it's on the the craft that people are yelling. I get it. Bezos, they're not dropping F-bombs. We're listening to them. There we go. Our astronauts have passed the Kármán line at about 328,000 feet, continuing their ascent. The Kármán line. You see the two vehicles there. No, I don't. When the speed hits zero, you know that they've hit Hapagee, their maximum altitude, and you hear they're having... Oh, zero G, they're floating. ...quite an experience. Okay, I'm going to start back. So when they hit the very top, the Apogee of their, uh, their, their launch, they'll hit zero, they'll be stopped. And then they start falling back down? Is that the way it works? Uh, yeah, more or less. They're still rising. I'm monitoring their altitude from Houston. All right. Yeah. The, I, uh, I'd never heard of the Carmen line. i got to admit that. Uh, hey, Jeff, you shouldn't have ordered your microphones from Amazon. You probably should have gone with Sweetwater or Music site. I can't understand warning. you. One minute warning. <laughs> so, if anything exciting happens, we'll bring it to you when we come back. How's mailbag looking today? Oh, it's good. It's it's you got a little of this, little of that. I have a feeling that when Elon goes up into space here pretty soon, as billionaires in space continues, uh, he'll do something that's a little more jazzy and exciting. Somehow. Jack, they are descending. They are descending. Oh, they're starting to come back down already. And is that the is that the uh, parachute behind the ship right there? I can't tell what that is. It looks kind of like a parachute. Nah, they wouldn't have a parachute. They're go- well, they're going seven hundred and fifty miles per hour, mm. and increasing. Anyway, eight hundred. I'm. Uh, I guarantee you, when Bezos gets to the ground, he's going to give some interviews and talk about what it was like, and we'll bring the highlights of that to you. Also, mailbag on the way. Uh, borders out of control. Covid's 
I don't know. It's running around, but is it doing any damage? I don't know. But we'll bring you up to speed on all these stories. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Our first human flight on New Shepard so far, nominal flight. Our booster is about to return to its landing pad. There we see engine relights. What a sonic boom! So we're watching the rocket booster land back on Earth. This just happened moments ago. So the rocket booster, like, turns around fire comes out of its bottom and it lands slowly on the ground. Bass backwards. So, right. so that you can use it again. Welcome back. New oh, look, they missed the white dot in the middle of the circle. I'm not impressed. So so it lands back on the ground and they'll forward a little bit here because now the capsule is going to land on the ground that's got the actual uh, billionaire in it. Here comes the capsule. They're still falling. We'll see how hard the land is, like landing is when it lands in the desert. See if the box is set down gently on the porch or hurled on the front end. Stand by drogue. Stand by main. Stand by main. So look at that. Is that the speed down there? Oh, so far, a nominal flight. Here comes the crew capsule back from space. The drogues deployed, here are the mains out, reefing and coming to full inflation. Man, those are our, in... our rocket went over Mach 3, and now they're coming floating talking, back lady. down at just about um, 15 or 16 miles an hour, about to join us home. Those back here um, in West parachutes are enormous, just yeah. absolutely enormous parachutes. Well, what shocked me was the, uh, the, the booster, I guess. It was... It was plunging when it was just 1,500 feet off the ground. And I was thinking, oh, oh, no, oh, no, this is not good. This is not good. But then it, it starts firing its rocket slow, 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 and then touches down like a teacup on a saucer. Now, was that Elon the first that did that? Was that his invention? I thought his rocket was the first that did that. I believe so, yeah, the reusable booster. Uh-huh, which is a good idea. So now we're yeah. watching, this isn't live, but we're watching the uh, the capsule, which just moments ago landed. Float down, as she said, at 10 to 15 miles an hour, although if you hit the earth at 15 miles an hour, you feel a little bit of a jolt. They must have some sort of suspension inside that thing. Yeah, I'll bet he ordered the uh, the good seats, the kind you can adjust 12 different ways. Aaron, he's about to hit the, the surface of the Yeah, being earth. a billionaire, he does not have those seats that you pull the lever and slide it back and forth. No, he's got the power seats. <laughs> Probably leather. About to land on the ground. Easy does it. Easy does it. It goes and uh, there's a bird in the way and and, and landing in the desert in the soft sand, which is a pretty good idea. I don't know how hot it is. There. I don't know how soft the sand is, really. If and you... uh, he plops down and sand goes everywhere. Poof, a poof of sand, like like Wiley Coyote jumping off a cliff. And the Blue yeah. Origin is back on Earth. That's how long the whole thing lasted. Uh, what really struck me was the the audio of the uh, booster coming back down to Earth as it fired its retro rockets and somebody broke the sound barrier or something like that, or a sonic, I can't remember what she said, but uh, the violence of it. You could hear the violence 
of, of rocketry in that audio. And you're reminded that mankind has, has uh, harnessed the ability to unleash ungodly amounts of energy in one direction. Some guy just ran around. Is that a step stool? Is that what that is? So they're opening the doors of the capsule. They're about to open them, and the, uh, and the astronauts are going to step out. I hope they don't look like your kids after that ride. And I, and I guarantee they're <laughs> covered with vomit and tears. <laughs> like when my kids got off the zipper. So here's a little staircase they're putting in front of the door for them to, to walk out. That capsule's not that big, so those are average men, I'm guessing, standing next to it. It's maybe two and a half times their height. So it's that like staircase a, is eighty nine ninety nine with private with same day shipping. <laughs> Everything's an Amazon ad. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, I gotta believe you can actually get one for sixty nine ninety nine, but they've got that one at the top of the page to try to fool you into buying it, huh? At the height of the altitude, they were sixty six and a half miles in the air above the Earth's surface. They are now getting out of the capsule and coming out, and I gotta believe they put some thought into how this was going to look on TV because this is all a promotion for his rocket company, as opposed to Branson's rocket company or uh, Elon Musk's rocket company. It's a good point. Uh, they got the stairs out, but the people are not out of the capsule. If anything exciting happens, like if Bezos uh, trips and falls, or is covered in vomit, like my kids were when they got out of the zipper. Yes. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know about that. And then we'll get the mailbag and the news of the day. Um, and then the smarter people than me will have to tell me how significant this space flight was in terms of the billionaire race. Jack, it changes everything. Stay with us. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. For a moment, uh, in case we're able to hear anything of what's happening on the ground as these astronauts, now astronauts, step out of that capsule uh, and there is a crowd around them. Let's listen in. They've opened the door. And here comes Jeff Bezos in his cowboy hat. Five people and smiling big. There you go. So the whole thing took, uh, what, a couple of minutes. We got this text. My Starbucks line took longer than his space voyage. Huh? The, the world's richest man went up into space and came back down in the half hour that we've been on the air so far. I kind of appreciated it. It had a 21st century feel to it. It, it started it, it was the middle. It was the over. It was less than 15 minutes. Now we can move on to the next big thing. I don't know, Jeff Bezos. I just assume I would hate him, but I could be wrong. Um, I just assume I would hate him. Uh, it has more to do with the way he runs the Washington Post than the way he runs Amazon. But um, that has to be somewhat surreal. So they landed in Texas, not that far from where he grew up as a kid, working on his grandpa's farm. Wow. So it has to be quite amazing to think that kid someday was going to be the world's richest, richest man flying into space mm-hmm. on his own dime. I mean, more amazing than you could grow up to become an astronaut. You could grow up to be rich enough to make your own rocket and decide you're an astronaut. That's more amazing than growing up to be an astronaut. (laughs) I would agree. Owning the company and saying, now I'm an astronaut. (laughs) Who can tell me I'm not an astronaut? I wish we hadn't come back with the audio. I was going to claim that the uh, heads of Walmart and Target had snuck aboard the craft and (laughs) tossed them out the hatch (laughs) mid-flight. Anyway, here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. I just can't stop. Here's one more from Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Just as King Midas turned everything to gold, Stalin turned everything to mediocrity.
Yeah, that's what socialism and, does. Well, yeah, it could easily be uh, socialism and communism turned everything to mediocrity. It absolutely crushes the top 30% of achievement, innovation, joy, the opportunity in the name of filtering more to the bottom 30%. Oh, and a perfect time to be talking about that with the world, world's richest man who came out of the United States, made the money all on his own, just, uh, you know, did something as extraordinary as launched himself into space and came back. All in his own doing. Socialism crushes any desire or ability to do this sort of thing because, you, you know, you can't. You just, you're never going to be allowed to do anything new, so you just don't try. Right. Right. It's absolutely a recipe for misery, historic misery. And yet people still get duped into it. It's a scam. Mailbag. First of all, we need to address this, Jack. I've just become aware of this. We received many emails on the same topic. Apparently, folks who uh, listen to the show via podcast, download the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, there is a, a a sex toy ad in the podcast that is extremely explicit. Wow, that's uncool. Yeah, so that's I have certainly a, not, not none of our doing. Yeah, and, and everybody says, look, uh, well, they say maybe you don't have full control of the advertising on your podcast. We don't. We don't have any control. Yeah, but there's got to be some ability to keep uh, mature audience material out of out of our out of our listenership. I wish I could read you some of the terms that are used in this ad. They're spelled out here in these emails, but Boy, they're that's, uh, uh, that's not shocking. And, and they refer to... I mean, it's not just the products, but like describing their girth. No, and, we'll have to bring that up to our agent, because I don't want my parents to listen to the podcast near that. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, I've alerted uh, the powers that be already, so we will we will see if we can do something about that. I uh, got this note uh, actually a little while back from uh from kevin but i i hung on to it he says the covid end game is endemic covid the disease will continue to spread around the world and become the fifth endemic coronavirus we'll deal with rather easily every cold flu season we're seeing a repeat of last year seasonal summer covid wave spreading mostly in the southern states but attenuated this year by vaccines and natural immunity everyone seems to think that covid is just going to disappear one day but it won't the pandemic is over it's now endemic this fall, we'll have another seasonal wave roll through like last year. I'm concerned that given what uh, they have been told, people will panic. But the vulnerable have vaccines or already got the thing. It's just another part of the seasonal respiratory disease mix now. It's time to admit this, turn off the hysteria, and live our lives. Anyway, Owen, too. You know what? I agree completely. I'm, I'm through talking about COVID. We'll probably talk about it again within 20 minutes. But I just we're at a point where if you want the vaccine, you got it. You're you're mostly safe. The disease is never going to go away, go away. It's going to ooch around and kick around here and there. We'll hear about a, an outbreak in, you know, East uh, Bumble Ducklia, uh, you know, in six months. I just I don't care anymore. Well, I'm over. I've been over it from a worrying about getting it standpoint for a very long time. Well, basically, since I got my uh, vaccine and I wasn't really even that worried before that. But I am concerned about whether or not school's going to be in sessions exactly and that's what i was kind of leading up to the reason i'm fired up even as i profess apathy is that the continued presence of the thing is going to be used as a pretext to change the world limit your liberties close schools and all a hundred other awful things don't do it let's see what is this i can't remember why i grabbed this one uh oh uh, Ken suggests we start referring to CRT as cancerous racism theory hmm. from now on. 
instead of uh, critical race theory. I don't mind the idea. Uh, let's see. This is from, we'll just say Al Anonymous, who, uh, who said, uh, fan of your show, love how you combine uh, interesting info with humor. There you uh, go. Want to tell you more about life in China. Between 2012 and 2019, I made several lengthy trips to China for business. While there, I established long-standing relationships that provided a window into everyday life for the Chinese professional middle class. Joe, you recently wondered how the Chinese populace would react if they really knew what it was like in the West. Many Chinese already do. Many of them have traveled to the U.S. and Europe or have family uh, that have done so. Many of the upper middle class send their children to college in Europe, UK, or the U.S. They've acquired a taste for American culture, although that's changing rapidly under Xi Jinping. Definitely sense more nationalism and tension during uh, toward the U.S. during my last trips there. Huh. Uh, this tension started before Trump, by the way. Oh, they mentioned uh, Chinese professional women love desperate housewives back in the day. Uh, they love Disney. Um, oh, and this is the part I really wanted to get to. Uh, the Chinese also broadcast the international version of CNN in China. If you've never seen CNN International, it's even worse than the U.S. version. The Communist Party couldn't do a better job of producing anti-American propaganda than CNN already does. Wow, and we export that around the world to help the Chinese do their job of trying to win the PR war. Right. So CNN openly and enthusiastically anti-American all over the world. Keep it in mind, folks. That's amazing. While watching CNN during my last visit, my hotel television suddenly went dark as soon as Fareed Zakaria gave a teaser for an upcoming segment on protests in Hong Kong. At first, I thought I'd rolled over on the remote control. The broadcast resumed and everything was fine for about another half hour. Then Fareed mentioned that they would return to Hong Kong after a commercial break. Again, the television went dark. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, and you know what? I loathed CNN because of the crappy quality of their coverage, their their one-sided propagandizing, their unctuous anchors, that Cuomo pile of filth and the rest of it. I had forgotten about the whole CNN International being so anti-American. Thanks for the reminder. Well, that's another another one of my, has anybody ever done this before? Has there ever been an empire that doesn't control its borders? Has there ever been an empire that teaches its citizens to, to hate the, its own country? And has there ever been an empire that rather than put propaganda around the world to, you know, to give the rosiest glow of the empire, puts propaganda out around the world to, to put a, a lesser version of the empire? Well, yeah, I mean, I could argue, how about we just have good, balanced, hey, here's the pros and cons. Some of the pros lead to cons, and some of the cons turn into pros in America. It's a complicated place. No, no, they are not neutral. They are avowedly anti-American. I wish there was something I could do within the bounds of ethics and the law to damage CNN. Uh, maybe just saying this is enough. Although I, I don't think our, our listeners are huge CNN fans. Probably Oh, you not. know what? I, I, less, I left out of my list of complaints my former arch nemesis, Wolf Blitzer. Oh, <laughs> that's right. He's just become so soft and benign and like a nothing. How can you have a, a, an arch nemesis that's like a worn out teddy bear? So I've moved on. Now I have several nemeses that I take on on a you know, rotating basis. Um, I expect uh, the world's richest man to do some interviews here very shortly and talk about what it was like to go into space. Yesterday, he told CBS he doesn't know how this flight will change him, but he's sure that it will. So perhaps he can answer that question today. 
Yeah. Oh, and one more note uh, via email. Margaret wrote us a nice note. Uh, you mentioned your bike had gotten stolen the other yeah. day. Uh, she and her husband are big road bikers with expensive uh, bikes that got stolen, several of them. Yeah. And uh, she mentioned there's one guy who was caught on 10 different security cameras stealing bikes. Wow. And they finally caught him, but they probably slapped his wrist. And she said, yeah, it's just junkies uh, stealing bikes, selling them to get their fix for a fraction of what they're worth. Uh, they make their way out of the out of the state, out of the country, and then people sell them for more like what they're worth. Um, it's hard to stop bikes from being stolen because you know uh, your higher end bikes have detachable wheels, and, uh, and so they either steal just a wheel, or the wheels, or the, the frame is there, or they, they steal the frame and the front wheel. But I just, it's hard to stop a bike from being stolen. Not to mention, if you carry around any cable cutters, you can cut through any bike lock in a second, anyway. So. I, you know, I was thinking of that the other day. I had to use my uh, my bolt cutters to cut a bolt, actually, and it was a big, nasty bolt too. But I, after a great deal of straining, I was successful. And I thought, how good are bike locks? Very. I was doing. They're not good at all. Yeah, and you know what? It's if I were a different guy, the business model of recruiting an army of junkies to do the retail part of the crime, just steal me a bunch of bikes, then bring them to me. You know, and I would I would change our meeting place, and I would I would make it so I wouldn't get caught, uh, and then I would sell them for close to what they are worth. I would give the junkies a fraction. I mean, it's a pretty good business model. If if and this is the big if, if the place you're living has no law enforcement and and does, has a, a, a permitted crime in essence, right. My business model depends on that. Thanks, California. Every bike store I go to, I ask people about stolen bikes, like what happens to them, to see if I could get mine back. And a guy told me, uh, he said I had my bike stolen three times, high-end bikes. And he said, I drove, I drive by homeless camps, and they're full of bikes. Every homeless camp is absolutely full of bicycles. And uh, this was eye-opening to me. We're talking about the illusion of security. Um, with door locks and uh, all kinds of things that we lock to make ourselves feel like we've got more security, but it's just it's just a thin veneer and really no impediment at all to professionals. I was uh, doing some volunteer work at a church a couple of years ago, and there was a th- there was a room that was locked with this big thick log chain and a padlock. I mean, nobody remember what the combination was or who had the key or whatever. And I said, "Well, I'll go to the hardware store and get a uh, big bolt cutting thing." So I went to the hard store store and got a one of those big heavy pair with the long handles. It was effortless to cut through that big, thick chain. Effortless. I mean, it, it, it re- a child could have done it with that wow. thing. So I thought, really, for 60 bucks, you can buy this big thing, and you can cut through any chain in a second like you're cutting through butter. But we all have this illusion that we, well, I've chained it up. And so, yeah, thieves yeah. want it, they'll just take it. Was that when you found Jimmy Hoffa's bones? Yes, Jimmy Hoffa's bones. Hmm. That's exactly right. The church theory. Turns out it was true. Yeah, I have them uh, displayed in my living room. <laughs> Tasteful. Um, some more of the news of the day that we uh, that we need to get caught up on. What? Where? Where is the multi-trillion-dollar? Everybody gets money. It's going to ruin us. Package that's bouncing around Washington D.C. right now. We should probably check in on that. We should probably check in on the uh, uh, stock market as it really kind of tanked yesterday to see if that was just a blip or a trend. All that stuff on the way, including our text line, which is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. COVID. 
is also causing a lot of trouble for the Olympics, or as I'm contractually obliged to call them, the perfect two-week period for you to enjoy classic Blue Bloods reruns, only CBS. Mocking the fact that NBC has the Olympics and will get the viewership, I guess. I don't know how many people are going to watch the Olympics. I don't. It feels different than any other Olympics I remember in my lifetime for a whole bunch of different reasons. Society's changed. The amount of entertainment we have available to us has changed. Athletes wanting to badmouth the United States while representing them has changed. Knowing the result before the uh, events are aired. In fact, it's difficult to avoid knowing the results. No crowd there because of COVID. I can't imagine what the opening ceremony will look like in an empty stadium. But anyway, I'll probably tune in on Friday night and find that out. Um, Another story that we've been following for a while, and, man, it depends on what outlet you look at as to the the way they uh, approach this. So the New York Times is going with a headline where it makes it sound pretty good. Um. Other news outlets, not so much. The Biden administration is sending Afghan visa applicants to an army base in Virginia. So that's the idea of all those interpreters and their families that helped us over the last 20 years during our war, using my finger quotes, war in Afghanistan, uh, that if left behind, the Taliban's probably going to kill them. And so we're going to try and get them out of there since they were nice enough to help us out. But we're not getting them out very fast. We're more or less already gone. The Taliban has taken over more of the country every single day. And they still haven't gotten the people out of there. Well, um, they're, they're, uh, the headlines yesterday were that they're moving the interpreters to um, a safe territory, an army base in Virginia. Well, if you get into the details of it, it's only 2,500 Afghan interpreters that they're going to be moving to this Virginia air base. And there are somewhere around 18,000 of these interpreters that helped us over the years. And if you include their families... It gets up to about 55,000 people. Yikes. And 2,500 are being moved to this uh, air base. So it's, I understand there are a number of family members with this batch, too. Maybe I'd misheard that. Yeah, there is. But still, okay. the total, if you include the family members, is 55,000. So I'm not sure why 2,500 being moved to, uh, to this air base in Virginia is quite the win that some news outlets are uh, treating it as. Well, it could be they're just desperate to show a win for the Biden administration. I don't know. This is neither a Republican nor a Democrat no, problem. No, no. Presidents of both parties have done a poor job of, of getting this set, getting it figured out. I, God, I would say, I can't believe we're failing on this. Um, You know, I, I got to admit, the, the, the translators themselves, you'd think they were thoroughly vetted by the fact that they worked for us and worked with us for years in most cases. Uh, wife and kids, I'm fine with. Uh, how many family members are they talking about? Uh, uh, Uncle Farouk and uh, Auntie uh, Jen? And, uh, how, how wide is the, the net cast? I don't know. From the New York Times version of it, the American diplomats have been scrambling to reach agreements to relocate the Afghans to third countries, including some in Central Asia and the Persian Gulf, as well as the United States. But with those negotiations dragging on and the security situation in Afghanistan worsening, the administration came up with a stopgap measure for applicants who had completed most, if not all, of the vetting, bring them directly to the United States for final processing, so they're going to be on that air base in Virginia. Man, you won the lottery if you're one of those 2,500 out of the 55,000 that got sent to Virginia. I mean, you really won the lottery. If you're left behind, you might be tortured and killed. If you're sent to some of these other countries, who knows how long you'll languish there. And what your life will be. Yeah, no kidding. 
I'm sure we'll be financing something or other for those people to stay in, but the uh, local authorities will be siphoning off their share, no doubt. And uh, I just keep remembering, we talked to Mike Lyons a couple of weeks ago. He's our go-to military guy, and uh, he knows a heck of a lot more about this stuff than I do and the way the military works, and he had no optimism whatsoever that we're going to get those people out of there. None. Yikes. So we'll see. That's, that is brutal. My, my real only point for bringing it up is don't let, uh, the, the, like so many stories, don't let this headline lead you to believe that, well, it's over, they got them out, which is kind of uh, the way it's being portrayed some places. So on the way, the floundering, floundering effort to deal with the homelessness problem in America's cities and, and, and blue states, England's Freedom Day, all the COVID restrictions are over, marred by soaring cases and chaos. Some of it probably unnecessary. Got all sorts of good stuff to talk about. Oh, did you hear? A bunch more of our uh, officials got hit with that so-called Havana syndrome. No, I didn't. Yeah. Where? Uh, Vienna. Which is a super hotbed of U.S., Soviet, now U.S., Russia surveillance. And the current belief... Spycraft. The current belief is it's not an attempt to scramble their brains. It's an attempt to steal information from their phones or their laptops. It just has the unfortunate side effect of scrambling your brain. Yeah, exactly. They'd probably rather that it didn't scramble people's brains, because nobody would even know then that they've got this ray that they can shoot at your gun and suck the information out of it. Yeah, exactly. Plus, all we need to get to is your Chinese-made smart TV spying on you. Short answer, yes. If you miss it, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.